At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. All of us here on the network at VSIN Live. It's an exciting time as we inch closer and closer to the Major League Baseball All-Star break. This weekend, we have the Open Championship from St. Andrews. All eyes will be on Tiger Woods as The hope is that he gets out there and plays and makes the cut and makes a run, and it's a huge storyline over the course of the weekend there. Tiger was on the course, and people were definitely enjoying seeing that. Uh, We got the NBA Summer League going on right now, and it seems like with every game, everyone is just overreacting to the Rookie of the Year markets whether it's Chet Holmgren playing well, and then all of a sudden, you know, he becomes the favorite. Paolo Boncaro doing what he did, and then everyone loves him. Jaden Ivey showing his skills, and now people are betting Jaden Ivey. It's just going to be constant reaction to everything that people see here in Vegas. And you know what? It's happened because we're, we're these games now are being televised on ESPN, It's and and the betting market is just jumping in on it And, you know, some of these books are just getting incredible action on the Summer League. People love basketball, and and it's something else to bet on here, but as we're just counting down the months until football begins. And so you have, uh, you know, betting on the, the, the Summer League, which from, I don't know when the run ended, but we had a run, at least uh, I, I stopped tracking it as of, yesterday afternoon we had 11 straight overs in the NBA Summer League from Thursday night every game on Friday and the first three games on Saturday 11 straight overs in the Vegas Summer League curious to see what those numbers are um, now but that's where at least I stopped tracking it at that point. We had 11 straight overs in the Vegas Summer League, which is, I mean, it's seems to be a pretty good market to uh, to bet on. And, and, you know, looking at the, um, the teams and the rosters, the Golden State Warriors, who beat the Spurs by one, 86-85, their roster just looks so good with Wiseman and Kuminga 
And, you know, eventually, like let's say if Moses Moody plays or Baldwin, those guys didn't play here in this game. But uh, Kaminga scores 28 points. James Wiseman has 11 points. And it's exciting. You know, we haven't seen James Wiseman. This guy was a top draft pick of the Golden State Warriors. Like this team was so good and they win the NBA title. And a guy that they selected in the, you know, second overall is like not even, uh, we don't even, we never even see him. We don't see him on the floor. So we got a seven footer here that is expected to be, um, you know, a stud in this league. And I'm sure as a commodity that people would want, but he could be the future of this Golden State Warriors team. Excited to see what he can do. There was a pick and roll play that went viral on, on Twitter. Uh, with Kaminga and, and a nice pass and a uh, alley-oop dunk to James Wiseman. Could be the future of the Golden State Warriors right there, what we are witnessing, uh, Kaminga and Wiseman. Um, I was very, I was looking forward to the uh, the Pistons in the Summer League because their starting five, like their roster, I guess, in the Summer, in the summer League was very close to what we could see in the regular season. So they win yesterday 105-99 over the Wizards. You had Jaden Ivey with 11 points. You had um, J- Jalen Duran with 13 points. Isaiah Stewart, 14. Isaiah Livers, 20. You know, I, originally... Cade Cunningham was on this summer league roster, and then he had backed out. So you could have had literally the starting five in the summer league be the starting five that you see in the regular season, which is just you know crazy for that to happen. Uh, the New York Knicks have a, a very fun roster here in the summer league, led by Quentin Grimes and Trevor Keels. Um, so, you know, Quentin Grimes scores 24 points here in a 101-69 win over the Chicago Bulls here on Sunday. So, Summer League going on. Uh, we've been, you know, having some special broadcasts of uh, The Edge, Jonathan Montobo, Matt Humans. We're at the Summer League doing some fun stuff. So, uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything going on there uh, with the Summer League here in town. But wanted to... Uh, Take a look at where we are in Major League Baseball as we inch closer to the All-Star break. In, in a question that uh, I, I'm thinking about in the awards market, and that is the American League Cy Young, to me, is Shane McClanahan. He's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, in the American League, in my opinion. Sandy Alcantara is the best overall. McClanahan has only allowed more than, I think it's two earned runs in just two of 17 starts this season. And in the other, in those two games that he gave up more than two earned runs, they gave up three earned runs. So that's it. It's not giving up more than three earned runs this entire season in a game. He's been lights out. Absolutely lights out. The only reason that I think Justin Verlander actually has maybe a better chance 
than Shane McClanahan. And 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 huge shout out to Adam Burke who brought this up with me um, last week on My Guys in the Desert. There is a possibility that the Rays hold out McClanahan. And what I mean by that is maybe skip some starts here. Shane McClanahan has never pitched the amount of innings that he is going to pitch here. Last season, he threw a total of 123 and a third innings. This season, he's already at 104 and a third. This is a team that is going to make the playoffs. Now, you look at the standings right now, and the Rays are the second wild card. They are a game up on the Mariners and the Blue Jays, who are tied for the third wild card. And then they're two games up on the Orioles, the Guardians, uh, two and a half. Well, no, they're three games up on the Orioles and the Guardians, three and a half up on the White Sox. So I, 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 I believe this is a playoff team. They have a plus 18 run differential. They... Uh, have been in a little bit of slump lately, but overall, I think this is a playoff team that will get healthy um, once they start getting some pitchers back, right? They have been dealing with a ton of injuries. Um, there's a chance that Tyler Glass now comes back. I, I don't think that we see him here in 2022. I think it's more likely we see him next year, but the fact that he's already, you know, gotten up and and throwing, and I think he threw off a mound recently, you know, they get him back in like September or whatever, and, and they make a little bit of a run. Well, let's not even consider that. I just think the Rays are a playoff team. What I think is more likely, what's going to happen with this team, is that they could start managing McClanahan's innings. Right now, he is scheduled to start on the 13th, this Wednesday, against Boston. He'll make that start. And then he won't start again until after the All-Star break. And what I would do if I were the Rays is reset my rotation after the All-Star break. So if McClanahan goes on Wednesday... He'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. That's five days. Then he'll throw at the All-Star game, but only throw like an inning or two. So that'll be on the sixth day. I would then give him more rest and not start him until maybe the third or fourth game after the All-Star break. So that you, like let's say, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I might pitch him Sunday at Kansas City, or honestly, more likely, I would hold him out until the start of the series against the Orioles, because the, the Orioles series for them is more important, actually, than the Royals series. So hold McClanahan out till Monday the 25th. That means he is not making a start. I, yes, I know he'll throw in the All-Star game, but he will he will go from the 13th to the 25th in between starts. That is 12 days in between starts. 
That is how you save the guy. That's how you preserve a guy. And then if you want to get clever down the stretch, you can skip a start when you play against opponents that, you know, maybe you consider light lighter than the division than your opponent than when you play the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Astros. Because the schedule does get tough for the Rays here down the stretch. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we will uh, be joined by David Behrman from ESPN. Talk about a variety of topics, including Tiger Woods and the Open Championship. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Starting on Monday, VSIN will be having its first ever baseball betting pentathlon. Every show, including this one, We'll be making five baseball bets over a span of four days to determine which show at VSIN is the best at betting baseball, though I think my record speaks for itself. Uh, on Monday, we're going to have a total to bet. On Tuesday, an underdog and a favorite. On Wednesday, we got to bet a team on the run line. And on Thursday, we have to bet a prop. The winner will be announced Friday morning, July 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Follow the Money. VSIN bets today for myself went 4 0 up on the daily best bets page on vsin.com. So uh, put your money in me to uh, win this pentathlon. Total I'm already looking at is probably going to be maybe uh, Mets and Braves under. Uh, if I can go first five under, I will if they let me. Max Scherzer, Max Freed, battle for the American League East here on Monday. Anyway, this is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's welcoming now from ESPN. David Behrman joining us here on the look ahead. And David, I know it's an exciting week for you because the Open Championship is this weekend, a place that you have worked before uh, back in 2010. Uh, talk to me about St. Andrews, what that course means to you, what that course means for golf and your experience there. I mean, thanks for having me on, Scott. The, the, my two favorite weeks of the year, Masters Week and Open Championship Week. I, I've been fortunate enough to, to have gone to Augusta and St. Andrews among Pebble and other courses working uh, in golf at ESPN. and. It's really hard to top Open Championship Week at St. Andrews. The town is great. The course is just different. It's historic. It, it's a big park, as you'll see. It's a park. It's a public park. You can walk on it. 
You can take your dog on it, but mm. Open Championship Week, they're going to golf on it. Uh, it's really spectacular. It's where golf was founded a billion years ago. And, you know, the 150th Open Championship this week, and it, it, it's not the hardest course in the world. So if you're a golf fan or just a casual fan looking for destruction out there, like you might see the U.S. Open or at, at a tough Masters or PGA Championship, you're not going to get that. The course is not that difficult. Heck, I broke 100 there. So you keep it in front of yourself. You, you play with the mounds and the bunkers and the in the large greens. Uh, but it's really an awesome course. And right from the get-go, you stand on the first tee box. First and 18 are next to each other, as most courses are. But these are literally next to each other. It's one gigantic tee box. The greens are next to each other. The fairways are next to each other. Sorry, the fairways, you have the tee box and the greens next to each other. Um, it, it, it's different than anything else you'll ever see. And you can take that first tee shot and throw it over 18 fairway and bring it back to one and have a good time out there. So uh, it's really a lot of fun, and, and it's it's a great course and a great atmosphere. And I would tell any golf fan out there, make the pilgrimage, go out there, see an open championship at St. Andrews, and then stick around for about 18 hours until your name's called to play it. Yeah, this is my favorite type of course because when I play, I usually like to play from the other fairways. You know, I'm, I'm always on the different holes. But here. hey, as long as, you know, I'm fine. If I can get it onto the green from the other fairway, it doesn't matter as long as I'm on the green, right? Um, Tiger Woods is a big storyline this week, David, and a lot of people are betting him despite the fact that his odds are, you know, right here behind me at circa 140 to 1 to win this thing. I don't think Tiger wins this thing. However, I am going to place a wager on him because I don't want to be the guy, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like this this way, that if he does miraculously win this thing and everyone's celebrating, that I'm not the one counting my money at the counter after he wins it. So I will place a little bit on Tiger at 140 to 1. But where do you think he, uh, how do you think he does here at this course? If, if I had to pick one event that I think Tiger Woods coming off of the car accident and the surgeries and barely able to, to walk, that he would win, it, it would be here. Um, granted, he plays Augusta as well as anybody, and he won there a few years ago, so people would say, well, why not Augusta? Keep in mind, he had the car accident, the broken leg, the broken ankle. Augusta National, as we saw, is a very tough course to walk. So mm -hmm. expectations for him to win that weren't there, but I did bet him to make the cut, as I did at the PGA. Fast forwarding to the Open Championship this week, would I be surprised if he won? Sure. The guy's, you know, 46 years old, coming off a career-ending type surgery, he has trouble getting out of bed. So I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be stunned. This is the type of course where, again, you hit a nice little stinger, which Tiger has the best stinger out there, and you he famously won at Liverpool without pulling the driver out of the bag. It, this isn't the fescue, heavy, heavy rough that you saw at some of the PGA and US Open at Brookline. It's not really hard up and downs like you saw at Augusta. This is a course that he can manage and play. He knows it very well. He's been looking forward to this. Again, I don't expect him to win. It's still a very tough thing to win a major, especially at his age and off his injury. I do expect him to play well and make the cut. I will be playing him to make the cut. You know, if he wins 40 to one, great. 40 to one is probably nowhere near the price you should be getting for Tiger. He should be in the neighborhood of 80 to 100 to one coming off of the injury and only having played what one and three quarter rounds since the injury, since he didn't make it all the way at the PGA championship. But I am looking forward to seeing him get back there. I think he made the right decisions to, to skip Brookline because he really wants to be there for this event, this festivity and this course. And Hey, who knows? It could be the last time we see Tiger Woods at St. Andrews. It's sad to say that, but they're not going to be there for another five years. Mm -hmm. By that point, he's in his fifties. 
He could still play it, but this might be his last realistic chance to to contend at St. Andrews. Yeah, on the live tour, maybe when in his fifties. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rory McIlroy is going to be the consensus favorite, rightfully so. Is he the right guy to be on top of this uh, border here as as the consensus favorite? I mean, it could be Xander Shoffley, and that wouldn't have, have, have been any different to me because Xander Shoffley is the hottest guy on, in golf right now, whether it's in the States or whether it's over at the Scottish Open. He's winning Lynx golf. He's winning regular golf. He won at the Travelers. It was right in my backyard here a few weeks ago. Um, I, I think getting Xander at, at 20 to 22 to 1, I jumped on him uh, Friday before he went ahead on this run to win this event, and I took him at 20 to 1. His odds now have dropped to 16, if not 14 to 1 at some books. As for Rory, yeah, 10 to 1 is a good price for Rory. He is the consensus favorite coming off a win a few weeks ago in Canada, and he's contended in every major he's played over the last couple of years. But to be honest, like I'd, I'd rather have Xander Shoffley at 20 to 1 than I would Rory McIlroy at 10 to 1 just because you know one-third of, of my metrics when I do it is, is current form, and no one's in better current form than, than Xander mm. Shoffley right now. So I already have him. I'll uh, probably be doubling down and taking him again. Right now, he's the best one out there, but you know, can Rory win? Absolutely, Rory can win. This is a perfect course for Rory to go out there. He's playing extremely well. He took the last couple of weeks off, so he's well-rested. Uh, but really, anybody at the top of that leaderboard at 25 or lower, shorter, can win this week. They're all great golfers who have the game to get it done at St. Andrews. And remember, Scott, this isn't the toughest course in the world. So yeah. a lot of these guys can contend and win this. Jordan Spieth, I see right there on the board. He's a guy I played this week who I probably will be playing next week. Finished runner-up at the Open last year, has won an Open, and has four top tens at the Opens as well. So there's a couple of guys out there who play Lynx-style courses very, very well. Rory does. Jordan does. Matt Fitzpatrick, our U.S. Open champion, plays Lynx golfs well, and I wouldn't be surprised if he contends here as well. Talk to me about my guy, Will Zalatoris. I bet him, David, in every single tournament, and I will continue to do so until he wins. Now, I've been burned several times this year. We've come very, very close, uh, but close does not count unless it's horseshoes and hand grenades. So are we thinking that Willie Z has a shot here? You will cash your Willie Z ticket at some point. <laughs> you may be in the red by the time you do yeah. it. It may not be enough to get you out of that hole. Uh, I, I like him to do well this week. He's not someone that I think is going to win because this isn't the type of tournament that you win as your first ever win. That doesn't mean he can't do it. He's among, if not one of the top five, if not the best ball striker on tour, he's got to make the putts, man. Yeah. He's got to make the putts. This is the type of course where you, you, your short game is is as important as anything else because we talked about how wide the fairways are. You want to go play from 18 to approach on one? Go ahead. You want to play from one to approach on 18, but you still got to get up on the green and you still got to putt. There's going to be a whole lot of 20-foot putts, 25-foot putts these guys are going to have. These greens are enormous. Mm. This is the type of course where you and me can go out there and hit 14 greens because they're so big, but you got to be able to make the putts. And that's been Willie's weakness over time is the flat stick. You saw when it was good what happened. He went right to the playoff against Justin Thomas at the PGA because his putter was hot. If the putter is hot, you may be cashing that ticket. I just wouldn't do it this week. You saw what he did at the Scottish Open, missing the cut because he couldn't putt. Mm -hmm. Is that going to change overnight? Maybe. It's like, maybe I like him so much because he reminds me so much of myself. You know, uh, the putting is really the weakest part of the game. They say drive for show, putt for dough, and that's why I don't have the dough. Uh, one final golfer, let me ask about real quick. We've got about a minute left. Shane Lowry. I love this guy's game. I, I think it's just a matter of time before he's on top of these leaderboards. What do you think of his chances? 
I make one pre-match bet three, two, three weeks out before every major because you get these free bets that are offered to you, and I always use them to get a guy before I think his odds are going to drop. Shane Lowry was the guy that I took two weeks Sweet. ago at 24 to 1 because he's the type of guy who can battle wind, can battle conditions, although we're not expected to have bad wind. He is a guy that if the wind does kick up, Shane Lowry is perfect for this course. I took him at 24 to 1 two weeks ago, and I might double down on him. I know he didn't have the, you know, the best last couple of weeks, but I do think he's someone that can contend here. Awesome. David, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. Thanks, you too, and uh, enjoy watching. It's a fun one. It's going to be great. There he is, David Behrman, ESPN. You check him out on Twitter as well. Does a tremendous job there at DBehrman, ESPN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead right here on v the sports Media sports Network. This is The Look Ahead on v the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so, Mark Zinno will join me on the program. Uh, we'll talk about the Braves since Mark uh, does host a show in Atlanta, but also you hear him point spread weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday here on the network. So get his thoughts on a variety of topics all across the sports betting landscape. Uh, one other golf notes uh, that we had just had David Behrman on from ESPN talking about the Open Championship. Tony Romo wins his third American Century Golf Championship in a playoff, beating Mark Mulder and Joe Pavelski. Congratulations to Tony Romo. Uh, it is a fun event every single year in Lake Tahoe. It's, it's like the premier celebrity golf tournament that actually brings out some really good um golfers uh like tony romo is an incredible golfer same thing with mark molder really good annika sornstand you know famous lpga golfer she's in it uh marty fish is an incredible golfer mike madonna the, the uh former dallas star in minnesota north star he's an incredible player so it is a, it's a fun event it, it doesn't go by strokes it goes by points like you get a point you know it's like you get points for birdies points for pars all that stuff so tony romo beats molder and pavelski in the playoff to win the event. Congratulations. The biggest um, story in the American Century Classic is Charles Barkley every single year. Barkley, we know, is a notoriously um, bad golfer. And there... Um, <laughs> There were bets that have been made over the past couple of years, you know, with you know sports betting becoming more popular and, and DraftKings and being available in all these markets and things like that. So <laughs> there was a bet this year, and last year it was the same thing. The big bet, though, will Charles Barkley finish in the top 70? 
Okay. He was five to one to finish top 70. And 98% of the bets were on yes for him to finish top 70, including someone put a, a max bet that was like $2,000 on Barkley to finish top 70. Charles Barkley finished tied for 74th. He did not finish in the top 70. He had a score of minus 26. That is tied with CC Sabathia for 74th. He was five points out of finishing in the top 70. Vince Carter, the uh, tremendous dunk champion, uh, and Miles Teller, the actor, Top Gun Maverick, incredible movie, uh, were minus 21. No, that's not 21 under par. That's on the point scale that you'd get. You know, just for reference, Tony Romo won the event scoring 62. Mark Mulder and Joe Pavelski also had 62. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, finished with a 50. And we all know how he golfs. We've seen him in the match, you know, with the, the Brady and, and all that fun stuff. Um, so Charles Barkley finished minus 26, tied for 74th, does not finish top 70. Last place, RG3. Robert Griffin III, your last place golfer, 87th finish. He was minus 89. So congratulations. Fun event every single year there in Lake Tahoe, the American Century Championship. Uh, <laughs> so for the Open, Rory's your favorite. And a lot of people, we, we just talked to David Behrman uh, about Xander Shopley. People feel that he is playing really well right now. And we just saw him win the Scottish Open. And now I don't know the history here. I'd have to talk to, you know, like Wes or, or somebody this week about, you know, does that success translate to now St. Andrews? Because Xander is 14 to 1 now. And he's your third favorite to win this event. Or he's your co third favorite to win the event. You know, Rory's your favorite, followed by John Rahm. But then it's Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler at 14 to 1, Justin Thomas and Matt Fitzpatrick and Jordan Speeth at 16 to 1, and then you got Morikawa at 20 to 1. Zalatoris now 25 to 1. I mean, this, this is what your board looks like. So the amount of people that are betting on Xander Shoffley, I think it's just, you know, it's got to be enough that it has moved his odds, and maybe that is just because of the success that he has shown this week in winning the Scottish Open. And so you look at him now, he beat out. He finished with a score of seven under, I believe. One stroke better than Kurt Kitayama. He shot a 72 in round one. So you want to talk about, imagine the odds you could have gotten on Xander Shoffley after round one when he shoots a 72. But he bounces back with a 65 in round two, a 66 in round three, and then finishes with a 70 here in the, the fourth round. But 
now you look at him and his results over the past several, you know, several weeks, and you wonder, is this a guy who is hitting his stride, who is about to take off and win some more events here? Wins the Travelers, wins the Scottish Open, wins at the uh, Zurich Classic, I think it was. This is a guy now, this year, you know, kind of like Scotty Scheffler, right? Which is weird because both of their names kind of sound similar. Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler. But the two guys that are playing well in this calendar year that could continue to make some noise. So that's what I'd be looking at here. I think maybe you almost have to. You almost have to place something on, um, on, on Xander just for the way that he's been playing. If we're just looking here at the start of 2022, okay? 12th, finished 12th at the Tournament of Champions, 34th at the Farmers Insurance, 3rd at the Phoenix Open, 13th at the uh, Genesis. He did not make the cut at the players, 12th at the Valspar, 35th at the match play, did not make the cut at the Masters, wins in New Orleans, 5th at the Byron Nelson, 13th at the PGA Championship, 18th at the Memorial, 14th at the U.S. Open, and now back-to-back wins at the Travelers and the Scottish Open. Could he make it three straight wins in a row? That's hot. That's a, that is a hot golfer right there. Maybe lost a little bit of the value on him considering where his odds were probably prior to winning this week. But at 14-1, to 1, maybe a guy to take a flyer on or maybe a guy to take a look at in match betting. If you think that he's going to have a better performance than somebody else, you look at some of the match bets that will be offered and now you're thinking about, all right, you know what? I could see this. I could do a uh, Xander over Zalatoris or something like that would be a bet that maybe you could look at. Those match bets will come out, I assume, over the course of this week, and then you can start placing those. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Mark Zinno. Uh, you catch him on the weekends, Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday. Also hosts the show down in Atlanta. Got to talk to him about the red-hot Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champions are playing arguably better than anybody right now in Major League Baseball. They've won eight of their last 10 games. They have the second best run differential now in the National League and are just a game and a half back of the Mets in the NL East as those two teams begin a pivotal three-game series in Atlanta on Monday. Is this the Braves' time to overtake the Mets? Is it a actual, an actual buy-low spot on the Mets? We'll talk to Mark Zinno about that and more coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting Splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's Betting Splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's welcome in now Mark Zinno. Who you hear from time to time on the weekends here, Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday. He's got the podcast, Locked on Atlanta, does all the stuff down there in uh, the great, uh, what do we call it, the dirty? Is that still what we're, what we're referring to Atlanta as? I mean, I mean it's a beautiful as place. you don't say hot Atlanta, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ATL. Uh, right. Mark, I, I want to talk about the Braves, okay? This okay. team is arguably playing better than anybody in baseball right now, not named the Yankees or the Astros. Let's just stick in the National League. Uh, but the Braves are playing tremendous baseball, and they start a pivotal series with the Mets here on Monday. In your opinion, with these three games against the Mets and four games against the Nationals to end the first half, when we hit the All-Star break, will the Braves be in first place in the National League East? I'd probably say they'll take two of three and just be behind by a half game. But that's not really what anybody thought was possible on May 31st when they were trailing the Mets by 10 and a half games in the NL East. It's been quite a run for the Braves at 21 and five June. They've continued to stay hot in July. And in reality, Scott, the Mets haven't played badly. They've just played 500 baseball. And with the Braves playing as well as they did, they were in, they've managed to make up, what, nine games at this point in time. So uh, we're getting excited for a, a exciting series, which I think should resemble everything like a playoff series here and an exciting second half. What's been the biggest key to this turnaround here for the Braves, uh, you know, rolling from a team that won the World Series last year, avoiding a hangover to become possibly a better version of themselves this season? Well, I think it's a, a couple of things. One, Max Fried has been consistent, right? Like you look at the Astros. And Justin Verlander being 11-0 is probably the reason why they are where they are. If he's even moderate at 7-4, they just look and feel a lot different because Max Fried has been so consistent and so steady for this team uh, every fifth day. It's kept them at that 500 
area for the better part of the first half when their offense struggled. I think that's a big part. They've gotten major contributions from unexpected places. Kyle Wright, the guy who's going to start the second game in this series, was phenomenal for the first two months. He kept them afloat. And then you look at the additions of Michael Harris, who they called up directly from AA, and right now is in the Rookie of the Year conversation. What a phenomenal sort of shot in the arm he's given them both offensively and defensively. And then, of course, it's Spencer Strider. The creepiest mustache in the National <laughs> League has provided nothing but absolute blazing fire and has the best strikeout rate in Major League Baseball, averaging 14 Ks per nine innings with any pitcher who's pitched at least 50 innings so far in the bigs this year. So they've gotten it from everybody. And really the un- the expected names you thought that were going to be great, the Ronald Acuna's, the Ozzy Albies, you know, they just haven't really been all that great. Albies is obviously injured, but... I, and I can't leave out Dansby Swanson. You know, he's not going to get MVP consideration. But when you stack him up against every other shortstop in this league, he's probably having the best season of any shortstop in baseball right now. It's amazing, you know, when you think about the uh, even the trajectory of this guy's career. You know, going uh, yeah. going from the Diamondbacks and then being traded over, and it's like, well, you gave up on a kid like already. I mean, he's he's tremendous. Um, you mentioned Spencer Strider, the adjustment he's made from going from the bullpen to now becoming a starter this year, and. Really, uh, it's him and Harris, and I don't know which is the more valuable rookie to this team right now, considering how well Harris has been playing. Um, To me, I look at this team, and I think they have all the pieces that is needed to make a long postseason run. If you had to make an addition at at the trade deadline, what's the one piece that you would add to this Braves team? Funny you bring that up because I've been on several local radio stations here and sort of been vilified for even hinting at the notion that their GM, Alex Anthopoulos, needs to be every bit of aggressive at this deadline <laughs> that he was last year. Remember, last year was a bunch of ancillary moves that nobody really cared about. Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario. These are not names that you would have thought catapulted anybody to a World Series, but they did. And I would tell people, and I've told people, I would not expect those same kind of things to be able to do it again. You're not the hunter anymore. You're the hunted. Everybody's gunning for you. And really what the Braves have to decide is whatever they're doing during the regular season doesn't necessarily mean it will translate that way in the postseason. They should know that better than anybody. So to answer your question directly, they definitely need another bullpen arm. And it would not even surprise me if they went after another quality starter. I think Ian Anderson has struggled a lot. I know Charlie Morton seems to have turned things around after a slow start, but he's 38 years old. How much are you going to get out of him? Can you really rely on him in the playoffs at this point in time? If you're not going to hand the ball to Spencer Strider, and that's another argument I've had with Atlanta Braves fans, How could if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, how could he not be mm-hmm. one of your top? starters. It's just ludicrous to me that anybody would start Charlie Morton over which Strider has been able to do here. Uh, I think more pitching is absolutely needed for this team. I think they've proven that they can score runs and they're hitting the ball at the ballpark behind the Yankees. They've hit more home runs than any team in baseball. So that's sort of corrected itself, but they definitely need another bullpen arm. I don't think you can rely on Tyler Matzik the way he was last year to do it again. Certainly Kensley Jansen is injured at this point in time, and they've had some sort of question marks around some other guys. So I think Alex Anthopoulos will look that way to try to add another quality arm in the pen. Yeah, I looked at I, I look at the Cincinnati Reds. That's the first place I look for a starting pitcher because you got two guys there and Luis Castillo and Tyler Molly that could certainly be on the move and I think provide you know just a, a good boost for any team that's looking to acquire them here at the deadline. Let's talk about this Monday game specifically. Max Freed, Max Scherzer. The Braves are actually slight favorites, which is surprising right now because you would think the public, and maybe this changes by the time we're, you know, less than 24 hours from now, maybe the money comes in on the Mets backing Scherzer 
What's your feel on this game right now? I was talking about it earlier. This will actually be a publicly bet game across the board because yep. it is New York and the Braves, and it's the biggest series going on right before the All-Star break. So there is a sense that this game is juiced to the over with these two starters who have been phenomenal. Uh, why would you think this game would go over? Uh, but yet the total set at seven with juice going to the over speaks to that. Not only that, with the Braves being favored here, a lot of that is because people are questioning what are you going to get from Scherzer in his first start back from the IL. I think that's a, a real question mark for them. But the Braves are the hot team right now. As I said, they made up nine games already. And so everybody is looking at this to be the spot where they catapult them plus their home. So they get they get a slight edge there. But I've already placed two bets on this game as soon as it was it was posted. One of them was the first five under three and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if this game does go over the total, it's because Scherzer and and Max Fried really it, it have to expend a lot of emotional and physical energy against each other. Like I said, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. So every pitch is going to feel big. Every out's going to feel big. Every walk's going to feel big. And these guys are going to have to be extra perfect. And I think that any high leverage situation here, it may be a spot where these guys, both managers may run to their bullpen for some relief instead of trying to let them work their way out of it. I think that's one part where I like the under in the first five. And even though it's incredibly juiced when it opened up, I'm taking the under a half run in the first inning here. Uh, and, and, and I bet it earlier at minus 132 and it shot right up to like minus 145. Uh, and so that tells you where people are thinking. I just believe these two guys, as good as the Mets are at scoring in the first inning and how much brave, how much power the Braves have, both of these guys will be able to get out of the first inning. You avoid the bugaboo of what is the bullet to the back of the head in this bet, which is a long ball that kills the whole thing. Well, I, I think both these pitchers are smart enough to avoid that. Yeah, I think that's a safe one uh, as well. And I do love the under three and a half like I did today with uh, Alcantara on the hill uh, against uh, Taiwan Walker for the Mets in uh, the same spot here. Let me ask you one final thing. We've got about a minute and a half left here. Where do you stand on the Shohei Otani American League MVP argument? Well, I, I mean, baseball voters and, and voters in general have done this thing with the exception of the NFL. It happens in the NBA a lot. There's, I, I feel like there's a feeling of, well, he already got one, so I don't need to give him another one. And, and there's a sense that it may, if it's close between, from a batting standpoint, Judge and Otani, well, they'll just default to Judge getting the MVP and giving Otani the Cy Young, right? It's like the, the extra award in their back pocket. It's why you don't see pitchers win MVPs anymore, because, well, we just give them the Cy Young kind of deal. So, well, I think that's a foolish you know, logic into going into voting. Pick the best guy, regardless of the position and their performance. Uh, I think there will be some of that. So it's hard for me to pick him as an MVP when he has you know, a chance to win the Cy Young as well. I just think he's almost approaching LeBron territory where, you know, you can make the argument he's the MVP every year, right? If someone's going to be an all-star pitcher and an all-star hitter, they're technically the most valuable player in baseball. But to me, it, his offensive numbers would have to exceed everyone else in order to give him the most valuable player. And right now, Judge on pace for 60 home runs. Jordan Alvarez has an OBP of over 400. I mean, these guys are just better offensively than Otani, and I can't give him the award when he's not even the third best offensive player in the American League. Jose Ramirez is. So, great novelty. It's Offen weird. You know? Do voters, will voters put his pitching, the fact that he's pitching, he's so good at it, into his MVP consideration, mm. or do they leave that for the Cy Young? Probably not. Mark, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck, man. 
You're the best, Scotty. Thanks. There he is, Mark Zinno. Check him out. He's great. On Twitter, at Mark Zinno, Z-I-N-N-O. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.